All right, y'all, you can hear it in our voices, but today we're going to talk about nutrients to support immune health, especially as we are in the cold and flu season. So let's talk about ways you can support your immune system with nutrition. So research has shown a correlation between super intense exercise and your immune function. Intense training we know can cause inflammation within the body, which in turn makes it more challenging for your immune system to fight off illnesses. So this is why we really love to talk about rest days Mm -hmm. and scaling it back when needed. Um, That's obviously a topic for another time, but something for you to think about. If you are feeling like consistently run down in your immune system and like you're constantly sick, you constantly have a stuffy nose without having little children at home and those types of things, um, you could be overtraining and not giving yourself enough rest. But again, topic for another time. So while no one nutrient or supplement or anything like that is going to prevent or cure illness, we can talk about some nutrients that play an important role in uh, immune function and optimal health. Mm -hmm. And so to start off, we're going to touch on vitamin D. So we know that it's produced naturally by the sun and it's a fat soluble vitamin. It plays many pivotal roles and vital roles to the body. And it's important specifically for your bone strength, cell growth, calcium absorption, and immunity. Vitamin D deficiency may increase the risk of illness. The recommended daily intake for vitamin D is 15 micrograms or 600 international units or IUs. Most doctors will talk about it in IUs. It's just different terminology. It's like fluid to ounce to pint, you know, that like love really little like conversion (laughs) thing there. It's just a different conversion. So Mm -hmm. many individuals are unaware of how hard it is to get enough vitamin D in their diet. And this is because there's only a few foods that are naturally rich or naturally have vitamin D in them. You've got things like fatty fish, like salmon or mackerel, which again, not a ton of people eat. You've got eggs, and then you've got your fortified foods like orange juice and cereal. So if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, or you really don't eat much of that stuff to begin with, there is a chance that you hopefully are already using vitamin D as a supplement, but this could be a great time to supplement. Vitamin D as a dietitian is one of the few supplements that I recommend everybody get, especially if we're not living in a sunny place where if you're living in the Midwest, like we are now, the color is gray Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, It just makes it super difficult to get. So that's one of the recommendations when people are asking like, what supplements do you always recommend? Vitamin D is generally one. I like to recommend you taking, getting a blood test to see what your level is that you can appropriately correct any deficiency though. Mm -hmm. I will say that. (laughs) All right, I've got a good buzzword, antioxidants. (laughs) It's like the one word everyone's recognizing, right? Right, hey, hey, hey. We know they're good, but they're specifically your vitamin A, C, and E, right? This is something a lot of people don't realize, I think. Um, So we know that vitamin A, C, and E, they are going to support your immune system by reducing inflammation in the body caused by oxidative stress. So many antioxidant-containing Foods like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, they're going to contain polyphenols that have been shown to benefit health due to the strong antioxidant anti-inflammatory properties. So I think a lot of people know I should take antioxidants because they make my body anti-inflammatory. They support, but yeah. specifically, right? Yeah. Um, but when you're looking at these supplements, they often contain 10 times the amount or higher of the recommended daily intake per mm-hmm. serving. So 
our goal with these vitamins A, C, and E are to consume a diet rich in these things. So things like whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. And we've got a list of foods rich in vitamins A, C, and E for you coming up right now. Mm -hmm. So vitamin A, we're going to ask you to think of eggs, red and orange vegetables like sweet potatoes, pumpkin, carrots, cantaloupe mangoes, peppers. I'm actually, I went to Trader Joe's last night and they had that Japanese like- Oh, this Japanese sweet potato. Yes. Sweet potatoes. So yummy. Um, been watching the Netflix series. This is a little tidbit, Netflix series about the blue zone. So yep. I haven't tried them, can't wait, but that's one. Obviously it's like, think of those colors that is vitamin A. Yes. And then you've got vitamin C and you've got things like oranges, red peppers, grapefruit, kiwi, broccoli, strawberries, Brussels sprouts, um, and additionally some other like spicier peppers. Mm -hmm. And funny tidbit here is that a red pepper has more vitamin C than an orange. So like, oh, I feel stunning. like most of the times yeah. you think vitamin C and you think of like oranges or orange oh, yeah. juice, but mm -hmm. remember that there are a plethora of foods oh, rich yeah. in vitamin C. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and vitamin E, we're going to think of almonds, your sunflower seeds, avocado, peanuts, and oils that you use every day, like avocado or olive oil. Next up, we've got omega-3 fatty acids, and these are essential fatty acids, meaning that our body cannot produce these independently and therefore they need to be consumed through the diet, okay? So there's your body's not innately producing any of these. Research has shown that omega-3 fatty acids benefit our brain and our heart health. They support immune function and overall, they play a huge role or a huge potential role because research is new in managing your inflammation. You've got three different types of amino or not amino acids of omega-3s, excuse me, <laughs> talking about protein all day. Um, so you've got three different types of omega-3s. You've got EPA, DHA, and ALA. EPA and DHA are found in fatty fish like tuna, mackerel, salmon. ALA is the plant form of omega-3s, which is found in walnuts, chia seeds, ground flaxseed, and obviously flaxseed oil. Mm. Um, and you've got a current recommendation for intake of ALA to be 1.6 grams for men and 1.1 grams for women. So you know that we've talked about lots of things throughout this podcast being consuming an overall well-balanced and well-variety diet, right? Mm -hmm. Like none of these foods, unless you're allergic, should be excluded from your diet. You should figure out how to incorporate some from each category, right? Absolutely. And next we're going to segue into probiotics. So we know that the gut microbiome has been shown to play a very critical role in many functions throughout our body, specifically in energy production, vitamin synthesis, protecting against pathogens, and regulating our immune system. Probiotics are the good bacteria within the gut and the greater diversity of the microbiome, the more it can positively impact your health. So probiotics are found in fermented foods such as kimchi, sauerkraut, things like Greek yogurt and kefir. If you're looking for the dairy side of things, some cottage cheeses will also have these probiotics in it. And then you've got things like miso and kombucha. So you can support the good bacteria in your gut by consuming prebiotics, which are fiber and things that are found in foods like oats, bananas, asparagus, garlic, and apples. So consuming both probiotics and prebiotics together so that you can have a well-rounded and diverse gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. Next is iron. So we know that this is an essential mineral that's naturally present in many foods. Specifically, it's a major component in hemoglobin, which transfers oxygen from the lungs to our tissues. Iron is much needed for growth, 
neurological development, cellular functioning, hormone synthesis, and it plays a very important role in the growth and development of our immune cells. And iron deficiency has been associated with impaired immune function. And I don't wanna get any hate, but I think a lot of women, we don't consume or receive enough iron, myself right. included in that, because Ditto. I do not eat cow and pig. And I know that's like very minimal. Sources. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so keep in mind, it's important. Yeah. So we're gonna nerd out a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So the recommended intake for iron is eight milligrams for males and 18 milligrams for females. So research shows that aerobic exercise creates an added demand for iron. And if these aren't met and iron is depleted, ATP, which is energy, cannot be synthesized properly. So this means things like early fatigue and diminished work capacity during exercise can occur. Females who are participating in endurance sports especially, so think like long distance running, marathon training, that type of deal, are at an increased risk of compromised iron status. Iron intake can often be a concern for those who are vegetarian and vegan as well due to the bio, the availability, the bioavailability of heme versus non-heme iron. Mm -hmm. So what that is, is heme iron is found in animal products like meat, poultry, eggs, fish, while non-heme iron is present in plant sources such as like, things like leafy greens, whole grains, legumes like beans, lentils, and peas, soy products, and then seeds like hemp, chia, and pumpkin. Because this difference in bioavailability or your ability to absorb and utilize it, the RDA for vegetarians and vegans is 1.8 times higher than for those who eat meat. So if you are a male or female who is a vegetarian, you need to multiply those numbers at the beginning of this part of iron by 1.8. Okay? <clears throat> I love it. So zinc is an essential nutrient that's needed for many functions within the body, including DNA synthesis, wound healing, growth and development, cellular function. Zinc is going to play an important role in your immune system as it's needed for growth and development of specifically your immune cells. So the recommended intake for zinc is 11 milligrams for males and 8 milligrams for females, and it's present in foods like chicken, pumpkin seeds, chickpeas, yogurt, oysters, beef, and um, cashews. So again, all of these nutrients give you a wide variety in your diet. If you are like, wow, I'm experiencing some of those symptoms that we talked about, I always recommend going to the healthcare practitioner you see most often and requesting these labs to be drawn. And that way you have some concrete data to know where you are so that you can supplement appropriately, right? Mm -hmm. um, the doctors will generally tell you how many units of something you need to take, like how many milligrams, how many international units, how many micrograms of something, and then you buy the supplements by yourself. Um, if buying supplements because the supplement industry is crazy, is super daunting to you, I, Kylie, have partnered with um, Thorne, who produces some really high quality vitamins. And if you're like struggling to figure out some of those, I will link my, this sounds bad, but we call it a dispensary. I'll link <laughs> like my coupon code in there so that you can get them for a better price and I think free shipping. Mm -hmm. But again, take all of these with a grain of salt, get some concrete data with some labs from the healthcare practitioner that you see mo most often and those should be covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. Stay well, my friends. <laughs>